When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're momming today with Sarah Wingerath-Schlanger, the Senior Program Director at Tuesday's Children. Tuesday's Children was founded right after 9-11, which happened on a Tuesday. 3,051 children lost a parent that day. As we celebrate um, 20 years of service for Tuesday's Children, mentoring and helping these families and all families and children impacted by terrorism, military conflict, mass violence around the world, I am... I'm so happy to bring in uh, Sarah so you can explain this to to so many people. You know, it is 20 years later. That's a long time. Um, if you speak to a young person these days, they don't – they know what 9-11 is, but they didn't experience it because um, a, lot, a lot has happened in, in, in two decades. Can you just describe for us your work with the charity – the work that you've done, and how you've helped lift up so many people. Sure. Thank you for having me, Lauren. It's really a pleasure to be chatting with you. Um, I think, in short, you know, remembering that it's our job to lift up the living legacies of Tuesday's children is so important. Oftentimes, people talk about the idea and the concept of never forgetting the tragedy on September 11th. And for us, you know, we want to ensure that we're not just remembering the bricks and mortar memorials, but those that are carrying their loved one in their hearts and in their minds is what we're here to do. We very much center our work around resiliency. So making sure that we are helping each of them lead a very healthy post-loss future. As you mentioned, Lauren, we do mentoring, we do career resources, we do retreats, we do family engagement, we try to create a community of support that evolves through the ages and stages of the families that we serve. And mom, mom, you know that it's really important to make sure that you are a healthy parent as you're raising your child, no matter what trauma you've encountered. And if you have lost your partner in September 11th or your um, someone very dear to you, you know, that, that loss is, is weighing heavily on your shoulders. So we believe in supporting the entire family unit and not only lifting up the children of Tuesday's children, but to lift up the surviving spouses as well. Three to one men to women were lost on September 11th. So you can imagine how many widows we had come into our world. Um, I think it's important to also understand kind of the methodology about Tuesday's children. We're, as I mentioned before, very strength-based. So uh, we don't actually use the word widow. We say surviving spouse. Um, we talk about the losses as something that doesn't define them, but gives them an opportunity, a pivot point in their life to let their past change their future. 
and really make sure that we are holding space for them and meeting them where they are to continue to, as you said, lift them up and evolve with their needs. What their needs were one year out, five years out, 10 years out, 20 years out are different, um, but the needs are still there. They're maybe not as acute as, the, as they once were, but they're still very important. And we consider ourselves tremendously humbled and honored to be here today. We're one of the last surviving 9-11 charities. And um, that is largely in part to the families trusting us and really ensuring our long-term support um, is supported also by the supporters <laughs> and uh, all those that have believed in us and allowed us to do this work. So can you maybe summarize the, the changing needs in the immediate aftermath to five years later to 10 years later to here we are 20 years later? Right. So um, I think it's important to know that a lot of organizations were starting right in the crisis mode of September 11th. So many were focused on the immediate needs such as financial, clinical, um, and very, very few, if any, Tuesday's children being the exception, were focused on that community feel. So providing them these opportunities for joy and hope and to see that others are also walking shoulder to shoulder with them. You asked about the, the five, the 10, and the 20. We see surges in enrollment at different milestones. People are coming out of their, quote, grief fog and realizing that there is more to um, benefit from and certainly a community of understanding. As you can imagine, um, their adults grieve differently than children. Um, children uh, often regrieve. So thinking about where they are um, at times of, you know, pain points for them or times of triumph. Uh, walking down the aisle is obviously a very big one or graduating. It's a very, very big one. But think about walking down the street and smelling your dad's cologne. Think about... Um, you know, really, really being very, very hyper aware that your hero, your guiding light, your your person that was, you know, you expected to be there to, you know, move you into college is no longer there. And there, um, there have been a lot so, of pain points in the past 20 years. Can you share any stories yeah. that are just imprinted in your minds and in your heart of women, of surviving spouses that you've come across? Sure. Um, there's so many, Lauren. Um, it's almost hard to kind of capture just a few. Um, I want to encourage everyone in your audience to check out a book we published at the 10th anniversary. It's called Legacy Letters, where we published 100 letters of surviving loved ones to their people that we lost that day kind of updating them and, and showing them how they're carrying them in their hearts. Um, you can find that book on Amazon. Um, they capture it best. But um, some of the, the surviving spouses that we're really honored to work with, I think for me, it is seeing them come full circle. Um, we have a 9-11 surviving spouse. She lost her husband in the fire department. And um, she had two twin boys herself. 
And she closed her flower shop after her husband's passing because she she was now a solo parent. Um, and she said to herself, you know, I'm going to focus on my boys. I'm going to make sure that they leave lives of purpose. And here they are both um, college sophomores yet now. And she's 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 put her all into these boys. So she found herself as they went off to college wondering what's next for her. So she thought and realized, well, one of the things that was most impactful for my boys was having a mentor. So she called us and said, I want to be that mentor to another child. So um, she serves as an incredible mentor to a 13-year-old girl in the New York area. Um, Her 13-year-old mentee is a cheerleader. She's at her practices and her competitions. They go for tea. And uh, they, they, are, they have a, a bond for life because this 13-year-old girl lost her father during his active duty service for our military, in our military. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a common understanding. And, and how did this woman, um, I, I assume her, her boys were two when their dad died in the 9-11 attacks? How did yeah. she keep memory? They won't remember their father. How did she help them remember their father as they grew up? How did she keep his legacy alive? Well, um, I think that remembering that um, all of our those lost on 9-11, their story goes beyond the date of loss. I think one of the things, if I could generalize a bit, is to say that we really have learned so much from the families that we're honored to serve. And they tell us about what they do on a daily basis to keep that person's memory alive. They celebrate birthdays. They come up with family traditions that that person really, really enjoyed. Um, they make sure that these memories that they're creating still, you know, pay nod to the memories that they had of this person. Um, you're right, Lauren, that there are so many youth that do not have memories of their parents. Um, I have to tell you that 108 women were pregnant on 9-11. So 108 kids came into this world never having been held by their fathers. Oh my, oh my God. Wow. 108 women were pregnant on 9-11. Yes. And have you been in touch with those children? Yes. Yes, we have. Um, we serve upwards of that, you know, 5,000 family members. You, you gave us the statistic before that 3,051 children lost parents that day, but that's keeping in mind that they were youth, right, Lauren? Um, That doesn't keep in mind that there were 5,000 people that um, lost their parent and they might've been an adult, right? Um, I hope I'm explaining that well. No, you are. Yeah, to say that um, that's still a very significant loss. Uh, recently, we're, we're working with a 9-11 surviving child. She's 36 now. She has a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and she's writing a book about her experience. And um, I love that she's telling the story for a lot of different reasons, but one of the most important to her is as a mom, she wants to give her children the gift of their grandfather that they've never known. Wow. Um, I have so many more questions for you, and I'm going to ask them when we're momming today returns right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back on We're Momming today with Sarah Wingerath Schlunger, um, a program director at Tuesday's Children, which is a charity set up right after the devastating attacks of 9-11 20 years ago. And when you look at the way it, it changed our world, I mean, from the way you go through security at the airport to just the family structure, um, we we talk about those who were lost and we talk about the children, but we often don't talk about the widows and the surviving spouses enough. Um, and, and you brought that to my attention in, in speaking um, so far today. 108 women pregnant on 9-11. Those are over 100 kids who never knew their father. Um, I just... I. What what do you say to them? Um, wow, that's a big question. I guess knowing that there's nothing that needs to be said is important. I think knowing that what we can do is is ask them, how are you today is really important as opposed to how are you? Um, grief evolves. Children have different milestones that changes their relationship to grief. There's other cumulative losses. To think that one in five of our family members that were honored to serve today also lost a secondary family member to COVID really makes you remember that there is so much other trauma that comes with leading leading a healthy life. And um, I think that, you know, to, to ask the question, what do we say to these children that never lost their parent? I think that it's, it's less of a question for them uh, or less of a question for us, but more of a question for them as to tell us, tell us you know, what we can do for you today. Um, I think that what we've learned in this work is everybody comes differently. And if we can just hold space for what they need in that moment, then we've done, you know, a little bit of what we can do for them that day. When it comes to, we talked about those pain points and those those life events. I mean, I'm I'm assuming these children were raised by step stepfathers in many instances. You know, moms remarried. H- how does that dynamic usually work um, with you know a stepfather raising um, a child who who lost their biological father, their real their real dad in the terror attacks? That's a great question. Um, we we do have a lot of diversity in the families that we serve. Some are remarried, many are not. Um, I think that it's important to remember that um, so many relationships were lost in the person that perished that day. Parents lost a child, children lost parents, spouses lost spouses, siblings lost siblings, cousins lost cousins. And with every loss, so many people were impacted. And, um, you know, the way a spouse might respond to the tragedy is different than the way a child might. But knowing that everyone wants to see their family member experience joy, everyone wants to see them feel healthy, happy, and have a a very wonderful trajectory to their life. Um, I wouldn't say that Every relationship came, you know, smoothly. I would say that 
everyone has really focused on the importance of supporting one another and knowing that they have come through some some hell and back and what can they do to ensure that they they remain steadfast in their family. Are there any other stories, specific stories that that really stand out, whether it's um, a, a spouse or a child that you could share with us? Sure. Um, I think about um, a young girl who was in New Jersey and her mom came to, she's one of three, she's two brothers. And her mom came to one of our parenting workshops, which was being led by a, a physician. And she stood up and said she had a question that her daughter was not reaching any sort of physical milestones. She was now 10 years old and she was, she should have have grown a few inches. She should have gained a few pounds and she needed further support from this physician. Fast forward, follow up, evaluations, et cetera. Um, It was discovered that because of the trauma, this young girl did not have, she was not reaching her developmental milestones because of the extreme trauma that her body had gone through. Her person was focused hypervigilantly on healing that part of the brain and nothing else was going to the other parts of her system to, to make growth happen. So through intense therapy, traumatologists, et cetera, I'm happy to say that she has reached all of her milestones and then some. But people think about the emotional reactions that grief ha- that griefs um, can do to your body, but people don't talk enough about the physical reactions that grief can do to your body. And this year, speaking of physical reactions, uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 lands during a pandemic. Um, right. What, what are you hearing from, from families that you talk to? about how they are right now? Um, well, as I mentioned, so many of them have lost secondary loved ones. A lot of them are facing economic instability. Um, I think the biggest thing that uh, we've seen is the feelings of isolation. Um, everyone is going through their own reckoning, knowing that you know their, their life is, has changed. And for a family that has experienced an extreme public tragedy like September 11th, it can be very, very triggering. We are trying to do everything we can to reduce those feelings of isolation. So to have virtual programming, to have um, community support, to you know offer more support in, in phone calls and texts and anything that we can do to make them, to remind them that they continue to be part of our community. Um, I think that for for so many, the COVID has been a trigger. But keep in mind, Lauren, that every time there is an act of violence or a mass shooting, that is also a huge um, pain point for them. Um, I think it's important to note that Tuesday's Children has what we call a long-term healing model because take a tragedy like Sandy Hook where 23 young lives were lost. And that community came to us and said, how can we support you know, these families that are that are devastated. We were able to work with them to help them put together their own standalone nonprofit that was once under our umbrella and now is its own entity. And how can listeners right now help Tuesday's children? Great question. So I would encourage you to just let us know that you're interested. Check us out on social media, send us an email. 
Um, I'm Sarah, S-A-R-A, at TuesdaysChildren.org. I'd love to hear from anyone who are looking for mentors. We're in our program. We're looking for career mentors. We're looking for endurance fundraisers that want to run a marathon and raise funds for our, our community. Um, just being a champion for our work, thinking about how you can amplify our message. You never know who you're going to touch, and it's it's never, you know, we can never have enough champions for our work. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us um, and for, for sharing all these stories. It's an honor. I appreciate your time. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.